I'm back, and so is Classical Matters. I'm Crystal Joy Campbell, your host. As like most of you, I'm a busy homeschool mama, and this last little while has been just crazy. This Classical Matters project is done in the margins of my time, and, well, you all know that there are seasons where there just isn't any margin in our lives. I know this podcast has been on hold for a few weeks, and I deeply appreciate you sticking around. You're like the father in the prodigal son story, always looking for the return of the one gone missing. Thank you very much for diligently and patiently waiting for me. Now let's get to it. We've been exploring the practice of mimetic teaching. It's the go-to gal for classical educators, and here I want to give you bite-sized pieces of how to work it into your own homeschool. But summer is approaching and now is the most excellent time to do some professional development. I'd love to host you this summer in a live workshop on mimetic teaching, but I do want to be sure that it's something that would be of interest to you. So let me know if you're interested by leaving me a comment on Facebook or reaching out to me through my website. Both are linked in the show notes. It would be so valuable to kick off the new school year this fall with a well-stocked tool belt on my medic teaching. But right now, let's get to some tidbits to get us on our way. In episode 25 and 26, we started exploring my medic teaching. Classical educators will use two forms or modes of teaching, Socratic and mimetic. We came to understand that mimetic teaching is the go-to gal, the mode that forms the spine of the majority of lessons for the classical educator. It's a natural process, and it's a solid pathway towards mastery. It has five steps or stages, preparation, presentation, comparison, expression, and application. We've already worked on some of the whys and how-tos in episode 25 and 26, so it's important you go back and have a listen so that you can understand the whole process of mimetic teaching. Today, we're going into the whys of step four, expression, and then I'll give you some concrete actions to practice this week. Last episode, I asked you to take a simple action that of having your child define for you what they learned in the lesson, the main idea, concept, or topic. This is where you ask the question, tell me again. Most often, this can be found in each of our lessons of our curriculum. It's a definable term. How did it go? Was your child able to tell back to you in a succinct manner the concept that they just learned? If you were teaching something like personification in writing, were they able to define it in their own words? I know when I first introduced this to my children, they looked at me like a deer in headlights. They were confused with this step because generally our previous lessons and curriculum never asked them to do this directly. It assumed that they knew because they could do. But we know as moms and as educators that just because they can do something doesn't mean they actually know what it is they are doing or further really understand it. So stage four, expression, is the place where we assess if the student knows, by definition, the topic, idea, or concept of the lesson. And this stage adds so much value to the student, to your child, and to you as the educator. 
It allows the student to articulate their knowledge. It strengthens their memory by asking for an accurate recollection. It builds confidence in their knowledge. It solidifies the knowledge so that when building understanding, the student has something concrete to build upon. And for you, the educator, it gives you an informal opportunity to assess the student's knowledge before they move on to applying that knowledge in the parallel work of stage five, where they start to build mastery. Observation and assessment are such a large portion of our role as educators, and stage four gives us the opportunity to ensure that the foundations needed for mastery are in place. If the student is struggling to define, the only good and just thing to do is to revisit stages one through three. Now, stage four, expression, is a short stage. Only 5% of your lesson time is spent here. So that's only like two to three minutes of a 40-minute lesson. But when you're first introducing this stage, it may take longer because the student is just learning to accurately and succinctly tell back. You will need to guide them in keeping their expressions short and to the point. Oftentimes, the students will ramble a bit and try to use examples. They won't learn how to do this stage well in just one or two tries. It takes time for them to hone their craft of articulating and defining. So be patient. Once they are well on their way, the oral telling back can transfer into them writing it instead. And the great thing about this is that as they do written expressions in their notebook, they are also creating a learning journal for that subject. Something that they can go back to and refer to their own work and knowledge. As always, I'm going to ask you to not only do some actions this week, but also some contemplation considerations. First, continue to observe, contemplate, and think about how parallel work is a creative activity. Next, take a few minutes each day to self-reflect on how, as an educator, a large part of your role is to observe and assess. Asking yourself how this can be done in a passive or an active way. Observing your own reactions and inclinations when leading your student through the stage of expression. Do you want to jump in and correct? Or are you curious about what they tell you and ask questions? Do you get frustrated or anxious if their knowledge isn't complete? Take the time for contemplation considerations. This is where you will really grow as an educator, where you will start to hone your craft. Tremendous gains in your teaching happen through self-reflection. Now, for your action point, that to-do that we moms love to get moving on. We're going to jump from the end of the lesson, from stage four and five, to the very beginning, stage one. The lessons we teach always build upon former knowledge. If we are introducing adjectives, the student needs to understand nouns. If we are introducing multiplication, the student needs to understand addition. So this week, in your lessons, try to determine what prior knowledge the student needs in order to learn the concept being taught. Do this privately, in your own head. Don't involve the student just yet. First, 
you get good at identifying what prior knowledge is needed to learn the concept of the lesson. And once this is not so hard for you, then bring your child into the process. Before you begin to teach the new concept, revisit with your child the prior knowledge needed in order to learn the new concept. The student already knows most of what is needed to know in order to learn the new concept. For example, if you are introducing adjectives, they need to know nouns. Prepare them by having them remember or bring to the forefront of their minds what nouns are. Ask them, what is a noun? How do we identify them? Can you give me some examples? So this week, continue to round out your lessons with stages four and five, expression, which is telling back, and application, which is parallel work. As well, start trying to identify the prior knowledge needed to learn the new concept. Once this is easier for you, then bring your student into the process by preparing them to learn the new concept, by allowing them to recall the prior knowledge. And don't forget about the thought work, the contemplation considerations. Our actions will have more integrity as we explore and understand the purpose and principles behind the practices. I would love to hear how these are going for you. Leave me a comment on Facebook or reach out to me through my website. Both are linked in the show notes. I hope these short episodes of Classical Matters give you a springboard for the rest of your week to think, explore, contemplate, ponder and discuss classical education. Share this with a friend and follow the Classical Matters podcast and join the great conversation of classical education. Don't forget to tune in next week as we continue to explore classical education's go-to gal, my medic teaching. Blessings for your week.